Hey everybody, it's Steph and Satani from a Comedy Advice Podcast. How are you? I can't hear you. Can you speak louder? What? No, I'm just kidding. I'm never going to be able to hear you. But you can hear me, so I'll keep talking. Yeah, I'm just coming at you with some intro love. Mm -mm. And I just wanted to let you guys know that you are in for a rip-roaring, laughing, rootin' tootin' good time. Because I have special guest Liz Mealy and she is an absolutely hilarious comedian she has a brand new special out now and you're just one click away from enjoying all of the humor and comedy there so I'll get into it but Liz and I we have a great conversation we talk about her what it's like for her not being able to do comedy in its traditional sense. She's still flexing those comedy muscles and she's still developing jokes, working on her craft. There's some pretty innovative ways. It's kind of twists on Zoom shows, working with peers and getting feedback from them to help be able to craft that that meaty dish that you guys are so greedy for. So we talk a little bit about that. We, we talk about how she develops jokes in the first place, which I think is awesome, where she takes these small moments and, and events that really affect her viscerally and how she's able to dig into that with, I think, a strong sense of emotional maturity and boldness and the ability to go into something that sometimes we just feel embarrassed to have thoughts or 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 we don't like to think back on certain things. So I think she really taps into that and she makes it so relatable that I think it can really connect to a lot of people. And we talk about that where she, she's she got a lot of feedback too where a lot of people that don't, quote, like comedy, they like her. So she's kind of like the gateway comedian, which is is awesome. And she also does comedy worldwide. She's performed in over 30 countries and she is... Hilarious, and I understand that the way that she crafts her jokes, it's pretty universal. And so it's cool to see that she's a that she's been able to make comedy relatable at such a large scale. So we talk about that, and then we talk about her special, Self Help Me. It's on YouTube. There's a link in the show notes. You can click there to listen to it. But it is a hilarious special, and we talk a little bit about it. And then we talk about what it's like releasing a special in the middle of a pandemic, especially when HBO and Comedy Central and a lot of those networks, they're freezing budgets or laying people off and what it was like for her to navigate through that. So it's really interesting. She's such a smart person, not just with comedy, but just in general. And and I, I really enjoyed speaking with her. So I know you guys are too. And then lastly, we talked about her podcast that she has with her friend and comic Maria Shahada, where I don't want to say medical advice, but I think they bring to light a lot of things that people may have wondered about but haven't really dug into. And they come at it with a, a smart mind where Liz likes to experiment with her body and Maria likes to do a lot of research. I mean, they both do, but they talk about a lot of really interesting things. So I would recommend you go on over there, link in the show notes, click, subscribe, leave a review. All right, we're just about to get started, but before we do, I just wanted to say, if this is your first time, welcome. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. If you guys haven't yet, please subscribe, tell a friend, leave a review. That's super helpful to me, and I appreciate it. 
And if you can, support me on my Patreon page. Become a patron. For as little as two cents a day, you can get access to early, bonus, and ad-free content, all while supporting me and helping me make this into a better podcast with continuing to have great guests, having better sounding equipment, and getting that video up. So that's it. Thank you so much again. You guys are amazing. I love you. And I'll talk to you after the intro. A comedy advice podcast. An advice podcast for deaf and, and friends. To make exaggerated statements not meant to be taken literally. What was that, Seven? A uh, comedy advice podcast. <laughs> hello, hello. It's never told me it's being recorded like, uh, like, like as a robot. That was fun. Oh, that was me. I was practicing. Yeah, you know, you did great. I oh, love thank your you. Low voice. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing splendid. Doing great over here in Arizona. 115 degrees. It's, uh... Well, good thing you can't go outside. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, a blessing, <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome <laughs> for this corona. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, it's 115 and a splash of corona. It is so crazy outside. <laughs> yeah. It's a danger, a potent mix for disaster. Yeah. Um, but you know what? People are going out anyway. That's why we are the new epicenter of coronavirus. People Congratulations. Just, thank you. We never thought we'd hit it, but here yeah, we are. I mean, everybody was like, oh, New York, this is why you guys are trash. And like <laughs> your place is trash. And I was like, give it time. <laughs> I think, was it you that tweeted this? It was something like people say New Yorkers are rough and whatever, but we, yeah. uh, we, would never do something like not wear a mask and th- and think about the safety of others. Like we, we oh, that's you, you put it uh, way too nicely. I, <laughs> I was really aggressive about it. I very much said, I'm going to butcher my own joke, but I pretty much said that, you know, everybody talks about how New Yorkers are mean and unfriendly and, you know, Southerners have like Southern kindness, but it's like, yeah, I might call you a cunt, but I would never endanger. <laughs> that's what it was. That's what it was. I love and people that. didn't like that. Let's talk about it. Nobody enjoyed that. <laughs> really? Oh my! You know God. what? I've noticed. I've noticed two things. I mean, I I will be. I'm I'm an aggressive person. I grew up in Jersey. I'm from New York. I'm a, like I'm an aggressive person. And I take ownership of that. And I've I've talked about it before. Where like there's even certain states in general, people are like, this is too much. Um, and I'm I'm okay with that. But like the only thing I don't like, like I use aggressive language because I I have a trash mouth and I grew up with a mom that had a trash mouth and we seem to be <laughs> fine but like they're just words and that's the whole point is that like I would have people that were like I don't appreciate this and there's never a good there's never a right time to use that kind of trash language and I was like really really I think a good time to use trash language is when you guys can't even wear a mask knowing that it could help somebody like oh you know what I mean God. like it's so funny yeah. that like the joke proves itself that they're focusing on something that doesn't matter to display something that does. And like, I had a couple of friends that were like, hey, you know, there's so much stuff that divides South and North. And I go, yeah, I guess that was not my intention, but you know, Mm. we're always getting shit on for being angry and mean and unfriendly when I don't think that's true. I don't think we're, we're not, um, uh, we're not, um, what's the word? I don't wanna say unfriendly. We're just like, we don't have time. We're in a rush. We're like- Right. Like you guys are blunt. Oh, you need- you're frank. You're to the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you need directions? Here they are. And then you go to say thank you and we're gone. Like we're Batman. We're like, we save your lives and that but we don't need a thank you card. We don't want to fucking talk to you. I don't want to get to know you as a person. 
<laughs> like you're welcome. You'll never see me again. I think I was going to say you people, but from New York, <laughs> New York, New Jersey, you guys are my favorite type of people. I I'm from Arizona originally, but I lived for seven years in New Jersey and worked in New York. And okay. I, I love the bluntness at first. I didn't at first I was oh, yeah. heartbroken and uh, yeah. I cried a little bit, but after that, <laughs> I, I made some really good friends and I feel like you, the bluntness, it really, I just stopped giving a shit about that bluntness. And then the people that say nice things to you, it actually means something. And so yeah. that I feel there's also uh if you say that you like someone or you say you want to hang out, you actually do. Where over here yeah. on the West Coast in Arizona, people are very nice up front and fluffy and it's all these beautiful words, but then once it means it doesn't mean anything really so. my sister moved to la which is its own you know community of of ridiculousness but like she moved to la and she's like yo when people say they want to hang out they don't mean it like it's really hurtful like, my sister was just like, she was like i did my makeup and then the girl's like oh i can't and i was like oh you know things come up but she's like then they keep coming up and you're like oh i don't think this person's my friend <laughs> And like, again, we're very aggressive people, but like, yeah, you know, if you like, oh, you need something, I'm there. I got you. But like, yeah. it's so, yeah. like, I, I also didn't realize that like, and that's a really good point. Like we're very like, like creepy loyal, like that yes. kind of, like, yeah, he killed three people, but he's, he's a good, I know his mother. He's a good guy. <laughs> a good guy. Like you gotta, you know, you gotta look past the murder. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We'll make so many excuses for you. It, it was a quick murder. It was a gunshot. Yeah, wound. He no, didn't stab and was, him. And you didn't know the guy he murdered. He wasn't a good guy. <laughs> he wasn't a good guy. I know you that guy's think, grandma. He was Yeah, a and she was a bitch. Like, can I be honest? Oh, <laughs> uh, I love that. That's awesome. Uh, well, I think we can go ahead and just get into it. Yeah. It's a comedy advice podcast, and my name is Stefan Satani. I'm joined this wonderful voice that you guys are hearing. I'm just going to go ahead and introduce yeah. her right now. She's a New York City comedian that's appeared on Comedy Central, Fox, Hulu, and NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. She regularly tours internationally and has two albums out on Spotify and iTunes and just released her first special, Self Help Me. Everybody, please welcome Liz Mealy. Yeah, no, I'll come out to a plus. There you go. <laughs> First off, Liz, I know we were talking about it a little bit, but how are you? How are things going in New York oh, right now? I'm good. You know, I don't want to speak for, I guess, my state, even though I do it all the time. Um, I I feel like, you know, we're we're apprehensive and we're scared because, you know, things are like, we're one of the few States that things are actually starting to look good. Mm -hmm. um, but we're taking things very slow. Like there, we were supposed to, uh, this week it was supposed to be opening, we, you know, phase three and it was going to be like, um, what do you call it? Like social distance inside seating for like restaurants and stuff. And like immediately they were like, no, that's not good. We're not doing that. And <laughs> I think it's the right move. Yeah, especially with, you know, the nice thing about it being summer when all this stuff is happening is that we can be a little more open about like there's so much outdoor seating. It's so I feel like Europe right now, like it's there's so much outdoor seating and everything is and like drinking on the streets like that was kind of fun. Like maybe like a month in, like they were kind of like, OK, you can buy liquor and carry it out. But like but like this, like drinking on the street became like what that meant and like just people <laughs> drinking on the street. And I'm like, 
you know what? I love this Mardi Gras European style of just like, hey, the world's the world's on fire. We're gonna drink on the street. And like New York was like, yeah. do what you gotta do to feel good about you. <laughs> <laughs> what you gotta do to take care of your health, your mental and physical health during this pandemic. <laughs> um so it's still it's still weird. It, we're still pretty closed off. You know, I, I've been going for like walks with friends. Like that's mm-hmm. my I've been asking. My favorite is like I asked a comedian friend of mine. Yeah. I was like, hey, you know, I haven't like left the house all day and I haven't seen anybody in like days. Do you want to go for like a walk? And he was like, no. He's like, I don't walk. I was like, oh, even, <laughs> I don't walk. Even though we've been in tiny apartments for four months, he's like, I'm going to die this weight and I'm OK with it. And I was like, OK, OK. I really I just learned something about you. Oh, okay. <laughs> because even like I I'm not like a go for a walk person either, but I feel like I I feel like I'm 70 because I like love walks now. I'm like, just go on a walk with my friend. I went, and like, I come home and I'll tell my roommate, I was like, I went for a two hour walk. Oh my God, it was exhilarating. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying. I actually haven't gone any walks recently because it's 115 out, like yeah. I was telling you earlier. But I've been doing walks up and down the stairs and I've been trying to, with my Fitbit, see if that qualifies as a walk. So I've been hitting maybe 8,000 steps per day. It's a lot of stairs, but it's a lot of trips too. So I'll go down, get my water, get my snacks and everything like that. But yeah, being um, forgetful can be really helpful for your fitness. Yeah. Who knew my hereditary dementia was going to come in handy? Yeah. This This is great. So (laughs) they're like, they're like, I'm sorry about your brain, but you look amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Your brain is mush, but your body looks glamorous. (laughs) (laughs) So that's awesome. And I was going to ask too, I know you are an especially international comedian you've been touring i think over 30 countries and so with this lockdown that hasn't been quite possible but a couple of things have happened a shining ray of light in this darkness of corona is your special self-help me came out you've also started a podcast um where you're giving medical advice i'll put an asterisk somewhere yeah, in there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but i was we'll talk about those in a second i just wanted yeah. to ask what else have you been doing? You've been doing the walks. Has there been anything comedy focused that you've been doing to help, I don't know, keep flexing those comedy muscles and preventing them from atrophying? Yeah, I've been doing like Zoom shows. I put on, it's funny, I took like a month break and I'm about to put on like my fifth one, but I was doing these Zoom diner shows, which were just basically new material nights with friends where like we would tell new jokes to each other and help workshop them in front of people. It was nice. like a donate what you can thing. I'm going to do another one, I think, in like a week and a half. Um, but I did a bunch of those, which were like really well attended and really fun and really helpful for us. Because, you know, people are like, oh, you can't tour. But I think what's been really more heartbreaking than not touring, let's pretend Corona made it so we couldn't travel, but we could stay in our state and everything was normal in our state. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have hit us as hard in some sense. Not to say that like tourists are important to New York, but like I do new material nights and kind of shows where I don't get paid four or five times a week just to work on new material. So it's been really hard to work on new material without um, having the right feedback and the right, like, so like I've done it, but it's not the same. So like, honestly, I, you know, no offense to my audience, but I trust my peers response to a joke and, and, and what they laugh at and don't laugh at as opposed to a zoom audience where it's not a collective. Cause really when you test a joke on an audience, it's the collective silence or the collective laughter um, that kind of guides you. 
but like zoom there's no real collective anymore either people are muted or like they're smaller shows or like one person's laughing the other person's looking at their phone someone's mm-hmm. cat is crying for some reason like you know what i mean so it's been helpful just to like kind of do the little and then like even just like the pressure of doing the show actually makes you um express yourself in a different way so like i miss doing new material so like i'll do zoom shows um both like polished ones which i don't love as much and then zoom ones and then i've done this month i've done two outdoor shows which is like very oh. exciting to be in front of people nice. so they're like in a beer garden or in front of a comedy club on the sidewalk like you're getting heckled by like homeless people it's you know it's not <laughs> it's a different experience um but i'm grateful for like any abbreviated way of what i used to do in my old life so you know like the last one he asked me like three hours before the show and I was like, I'm going to shower. Like I was all excited. (laughs) I was like, I haven't done that in days. Let's do it. (laughs) That's amazing. And I also wanted to go into your special self help me, which was released. I think it was late May. Yeah. It went and it was hilarious. I've been, I have a lot of guests on here where we promote specials. We talk about them. And so I watch a lot and I was laughing almost all the way through and not only was I, but my wife, who I don't want to say she's not a fan of comedy, but she has a different sense of humor. She's a little tougher of a critic, but yeah. she was doing something in the other room. And then I'd hear her be like, oh, she's good. She's Aww. good. So she kept <laughs> she kept saying that throughout the whole thing and laughing and everything. So it was. Oh, I'm honored. I had a girl that I met very briefly. So I was I toured in the fall. Do you know who Chris McDougal is? He wrote a book called Born to Run. No. Oh, I, I recognize the book, but not the name. Yeah. So he he wrote a book called Born to Run. I was a big fan. He discovered my stand-up maybe like a couple years later. And we ended up talking and like bonding. And because he, he saw like my marathon joke. And then I, I think I sent him my album. This is like years ago. This is like six, seven years ago. And he listens to the whole thing. He goes, you know, he's like, you know what? you know what I really connected to? And I was like, what? He's like the cat jokes. And I was like, thank you, Chris. He's like, me and my wife have four cats. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. So we became friends and I ended up, I toured with him when he came out with his second book, which is about parkour. And then this newest book is about um, running a long race with donkeys. Like he got this donkey that almost died and he ended up rehabbing this donkey while doing donkey races. Oh my God. It's called Running with Sherman. It's an incredible book. But Chris has like become a really close friend of mine. He's an incredible human. And um, we were in Boston doing like a, like this kind of show slash presentation for his book. And we met this girl who um, she saved a man. She was on like a long run and she's like a professional runner. She saved a man and his dog who were drowning in a reservoir and like was written up in runner's world and all these different places. But he had become friends with her and invited her to get tacos with us after we did this thing. So I talked to her. I think nothing of it. She's very sweet, blah, blah, blah. And then she wrote to me recently and she was just like, she was like, I never really liked humor, but since I met you, I started watching your stuff and I really like it. And I, and it was very sweet. And she said a bunch of other sweet stuff and I don't want to throw her under the bus. But then I was like, wait, what? You don't like humor? Like, I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, I almost wanted to be like, wait, what? That's a thing. I didn't know. I didn't know that was a, I didn't. But you hear it all the time. I like. I'm, he- I'm starting to hear it more and more. And then also, like, of course, we we hear people that are like, "Yeah, I don't really like music." And you go, "I'm sorry, robot. What? Like, yeah, what? Yeah. I, I just don't. I don't understand." And that's how I feel about comedy because comedy is my life, and it's like how I process stuff. So like, 
I like music, but I'll be honest. I, I know I, I just listen to what's on the radio and what my brother and sister tell me to listen to. Right. Like I'm not investigating, but like if people don't investigate comedy, they'll never find me. Like I, I have some stuff on TV and radio, but not a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit like when I hear about people discovering me and it being like very exciting for them or when people are like, oh, I don't like what you do at all, but I like you. I'm like, oh, what am I tapping into? I was like, I love this. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so basically your wife and this new like friend, I'm just like, I want to pick your brains. Well, I was going to dive into it a little bit too, because my wife is Brazilian so I okay. think she doesn't like a lot of American humor. I heard yeah. you on a pod on another podcast talking about because you've done comedy in many, many countries. And I think it's a little I, I think it's very challenging for a comedian to be able to do that. Let alone I mean, even just in different regions, it seems like if you're a New York comedian, it might be challenging for some of that either cultural things or or local event type things to Oh yeah, to I bomb in the West I bomb in West Virginia. I bombed in West Virginia at least four times. Um, I bomb on the West Coast a lot. Like I'm uh -huh. very aware. Like I've done better in like Norway than I've ever done in certain parts of America. Like that, that's so interesting to me. But it, it, I, I think that I was going to say. Sorry, just to, to no. interject really quickly. I think that your stuff that, that at least on the special that we heard was self help me. It was a lot of really relatable things. One of the things that my wife and I really cracked up at was the washing the hair. Yeah. So one of us read something years ago <laughs> that was like, it's bad for you if you wash your hair every day. So we've been doing it every other day. And then we keep asking ourselves, is this really the right thing to do? But we don't care <laughs> enough to Google it. So, yeah, yeah. But a, a lot of the things that you talk about from your family to anger and um just everything it's I, I feel like there aren't too many barriers for it and i i could see where my wife she just connected to a lot of the material instantly and i don't know if it's like that with uh, all of the countries that you go to if you kind of um curate some of your comedy for specific audiences or how that works but i think for people that might not be into comedy or into humor, I think you're a, a perfect entry level person or just like a a good person to attract them. Yeah, I'm a gateway. I'm you're, like yeah. I'm like the 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 what is it, the California roll and sushi to get you to explore like the eel roll. Like I'm if you're not if you're not ready for George Carlin. <laughs> <laughs> the, the California roll of comedy, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Miller. like if Chris Chris Rock is too much. Um <laughs> I, I, what I think I'm tapping into, honestly, and I, it's one of the things, cause I've kind of seamlessly moved, uh, to different countries. I've now done like Australia continent. So like Australia, mm -hmm. um, Asia and Europe, I think those are, you know, and not, you know, clearly like American stuff. I just did Canada for the first time, which I, I, it feels weird that I went far. Like I went, I went like Japan and then I, I circled back to Canada, but, um, <laughs> But I, I'm very personal, but not even just personal. Like when people ask me how I construct my jokes, it's usually like a, a guttural feeling. So mm -hmm. like, yes, it would be, but they're like extreme feelings. So like confusion, anger, 
uh, depression, um, being exuberantly happy. Like it's these strong emotions. And then I kind of peel back the layers to figure out, well, why do I feel this way? How did I get here? Why is this so important to me? Why am I so excited about dating this guy for this reason? Why am I so angry about this little moment that most people would have let go? Like, you know what I mean? And it like, even like my, my CVS joke, that's on my special about the woman asking to cut in line. Yeah. We're talking about maybe a 30 second interaction that I wrote a three minute bit about because it pissed me off so much. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like I even have a joke on like my second album about somebody um, saying like, they just said something to me Mm -hmm. and like, or they didn't say something to me. They said it as I like overheard it. And I wrote a two minute joke about that thing because it made me so angry. So like, I'm very sensitive and I'm batshit crazy. And like that, like, I feel like that comes together and people are like, yeah, that's how I feel. And I didn't think, I didn't know that. And the other thing is, is like, I, I think because I didn't understand my emotions, like I didn't even know I was angry. Like I've been angry my whole life, but I don't think I cried a lot. Like, I think Mm -hmm. I like pushed the anger down and it came out as tears. Um, And I felt like I couldn't speak up and I couldn't really, like, I, I would say 10 years ago, something would happen and you'd be like, are you mad? And I would be like, I don't think so. Or I don't know. Like Mm -hmm. I couldn't even identify my emotions. So in some ways me even being able to identify my emotions is like a big deal. And I think a lot of people go through that, whether they're numbing, numbing themselves with work or exercise or alcohol or drugs and, or they it's their coping mechanism is to, to shut down and pull away or, or, or take away from it. So I relate to all of those things. And I, I spent a long time not being able to even identify my emotions. And I think in adulthood and being in therapy, it's about figuring out why. And I'm able to kind of Mm. look at my ridiculous brain and be like, really, I'm mad about that. That's what I'm mad about. That's the stupidest thing. And be, and make fun of it. And, but also be like, I'm still mad about it. Like I was, I was, um, I was leaving voice. I was texting my sister and leaving voice messages to her. Um, And I was, I went for a run with a friend and I was walking home and it's like about a 45 minute walk from the park. And, um, I looked, I looked as I crossed the street, there's no car. And then it's like this little kind of curve and I look and a car goes, but he had, there's a stop sign. So that car goes, I'm looking at him and he starts to go and I'm like, Hey buddy, you have a stop sign. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? And then I was just like, and it's about, I was like, Emily, it's about like being in touch with your emotions. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm giving my sister this pep talk about like being close to herself while yelling at a man. And what's <laughs> my favorite part about it is I just like, I was like, oh, it's probably not the best. No, I'll just send it. And then my sister comes back and she's like, oh my God, I do the exact same thing. But I can't tell you how many times, especially like in traffic, I'll just be literally being like, you know, the truth about light is that you have to see yourself before other people can see you. Fucking buddy, I will murder your family if you don't learn to merge. Or, do you understand me? <laughs> but it's about centering yourself. Like I'm a walking contradiction. And I think the ability to kind of express that and own it and, and we're all kind of in that place at any given moment is I think one of the things that makes me somewhat relatable. Yeah, to- totally. And I think the genius, I love the going back to the joke about waiting in the line in CVS, where it's so good to be able to explore those moments and just own them because everybody's felt that type of impatience or like, what the fuck is she talking to me about now? But yeah. I-, I feel like there's some sort of shame where we think, oh, I shouldn't think this or yeah. I shouldn't do I shouldn't do this. And 
I think that that prevents a lot of people from going further into the thought process and you being able to take, to take that and then squeeze out some comedic nectar from that is yeah. brings people to the point of connectivity to this hilarity to, and, and I, I think it's good all around. You get, you know, your, your examination and, and self-help and then you're helping the crowd by laughter. Yeah, so. I appreciate it. Yeah. So it was really awesome. I think my favorite joke, I'm not going to spoil it because people that haven't listened, it's on YouTube, which I want to talk about that in a second. It's gotten over 200,000 views as well. But I was going to say my favorite joke is the miscarriage joke. Yeah. I think it's fucking genius. And I guess if I'm not going to spoil it, that's the teaser for listening to the, yeah. the special. But um. I, I was going to ask you about it. Was that the plan to release it on YouTube? Because right now it's on YouTube. It's for free. People listening, there's no reason for you to be going and listening to this right now. Just click on the link in the show notes and listen to the special and watch it and, and um, leave a review. I knew it was always a possibility and it was a backup plan. Um, I was in talks with HBO and like things kind of fell through. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to self-produce this special and then I'm going to try to sell it. And I was like in talks with Comedy Central and then the coronavirus happened and then everybody uh. got fired and budgets got frozen. And so it was like I was close to it being somewhere else or just having a different it having a different life. Um, but it was always kind of a backup plan and I wasn't against it mm -hmm. that as soon as I knew that that was probably what was going to happen, I kind of already had everything planned out like it was like you know what I mean like it was always in the back of my mind when I was filming it and stuff that this might be where it's gonna live so mm -hmm. if that's where it's gonna live how do I best um have it stand out and have it um live its strongest healthiest life on the interweb so um yeah I'm I think more comics are doing it um even even before the pandemic more comics were doing it just because Netflix and some other um networks aren't they're not investing in a lot of comedians that can't get they can't get their investment back and what I mean I by that is if you already know who Whitney Cummings is if you already know who Chris Rock is you know everybody's talked about the deal like the 70 million dollar Eddie Murphy special that's supposed to come out like people are already have a buzz or a huge fan base it's not a risk for them to pay money and put it on their channel but I'm a risk I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I work, I have fans, but I'm not like, I'm not trending. You know what I mean? I'm not the hot it comic right now. And mm -hmm. so they're giving less, they're taking less financial risks and um, development risks on, I don't even want to say younger comics because I've been doing this 18 years, but more like no name comics. And it's unfortunate because what you're basically saying is you have to already be famous. You have to already have everything set up for you. And some people get plucked, a handful of people get chosen. But the other thing is either they're in the right place at the right time, or, you know, they, they've been doing it longer. So they have this situation or some comic, it's usually another comic that decides that you have value. So mm -hmm. you, you have a lot of people that almost have to withstand uh, this heavy tide for a long time just to get an opportunity. And a lot of people can't financially do that, emotionally do that, you know, uh, a yeah. career do that. Like there's so many reasons why somebody can't be where I am right now. And I feel very fortunate because there's, I mean, 
I find it even just funny. Like I get a lot of comments that are like, you're, you're really funny, but I usually don't like female comics. And I go, Hey, I, you know, I appreciate it. Like, thank you so much. Um, but if I could fight you back a little bit, maybe you just don't like the comics that are relatively available to you on television and streaming because they tend to pick one or two types of comics, usually comics that overly talk about relationships or sex, or even comics that are sexy as opposed to funny. Mm -hmm. Um, and Mm -hmm. I work with hundreds of brilliant female comics and I'm not exaggerating with that word hundreds of like brilliant female comics that don't get the same uh exposure because you know I I'm talking about hair I'm talking about going to Pakistan I'm talking you know what I mean like my friend um a big deal for my friend Adrian Appalucci she's on Degenerates on Netflix it's Mm -hmm. like a 15 minute thing but Degenerates is for people that are like really dark and fucked up Yes. So it's like, it's like, it's one of those things where like, yes, she's on TV, but it feels like people only think she can fit there. And I love her dark sense of humor. I, she's an incredible comic. And if you, if nobody's watched it, like I said, Degenerates, Netflix, Adrian Appalucci. But my worry is that people are like, she's so dark. This is the only opportunity we can give her as opposed mm. to the way I see her, which is why don't why like I and this is what I tell her I was like why don't you put yourself out there you'd be surprised how many people love your dark sense of humor it just might not be right for ads and mainstream because they're worried about PC culture and saying the right thing and blah 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 Mm -hmm. so that's the biggest harm where like you say you like the miscarriage joke I can tell I know people that have said they don't like and they don't appreciate and that's fine I'm fine with it but I will always fight for every comic's ability to say things that might push the push the line a little bit, push people's buttons a little bit, because I think that's what our job is. Whether you like it or not, our job is to kind of speak and say things most people won't say and draw humor from things that most people think is humorless so that we can kind of shine some light on topics that most people hide. So like, I've absolutely, like I have a couple of abortion jokes. I have a (laughs) couple of people, you know, I have fans that go, Hey, I'm a huge fan. I did not like those jokes, but I really enjoyed your special. And I'm always very like happy because it, to me, what they're saying is, I didn't enjoy this, but I enjoy you. And I think that's how you should take in all comedy. Sure. Because there's always going to be something I talk about or something I say that rubs you the wrong way. I had a woman that said, hey, I love you. I think you're incredible. But you had this one line in your joke about being Jewish. And me and my culture and my group of friends, I know would find it super offensive. And I was like, okay. I was like, that's fine. And like, she, I was like, she was very nice about it. And like, my boyfriend's Jewish. I've dated a lot of Jewish guys. You don't want to make that excuse where like, I know Jews. Um, I look Jewish. Like you don't want to make that excuse. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I want to be like truly half my, half my friends are black and Jewish. Those are, that's all of comedy. Like yeah. there's like, you know what I mean? Like there's a handful of funny female and everybody is black or Jewish. That's what it is. <laughs> they are the funniest people on earth. And to me, it's like, okay, I'm not going to pretend to understand the Jewish culture and da, 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 da. But like in the joke, I talk about my naiveness of the culture. In the joke, I'm making fun of the fact that I don't know anything. Like that's the whole point of the joke. And in the joke, I talk about trying to educate myself and learning about this. So like you're kind of hitting me while I'm down. And the whole point of the joke is to talk about my ignorance and talk about there's these little stereotypes. So it's like, it gets kind of frustrating where people like they try to overanalyze your bits when you're like the whole like I explained in the whole bit, it's coming from a place of ignorance. Yeah, yeah. And from my point of view, too, as being a non-Jewish person, I also was like, oh, wait, do you say happy 
uh, behind that. Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. know either. So Yeah, do you say happy Rosh Hashanah? I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> seem like you should. It doesn't feel like a happy day. <laughs> uh, it's like, and like I did that joke in front of his mom and his his stepdad and they loved it and I was worried. You know what I mean? I was just like, I was like, am I not going to get invited to any more dinners? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was really good. I want to come back. <laughs> that's odd. That's so funny. I didn't even, I mean, I guess that's the thing. There's jokes that can offend anybody, really. Some might yeah, offend more and, than others, but. And yeah. like, I know there's, there's comics out there that their whole gig, their whole like jam is to offend people. But like, yeah. honestly, that's not my goal. It's not most people's goals. It's just about kind of putting stuff out there and being ridiculous and saying things people wouldn't say. And I don't know. I just like. I like being honest about how fucked up I am. And that's how I've always connected with people. And I don't understand why, if I'm a good person, why that's so bad. And like, and what I find even funny is like when people don't like stuff, I'm just like, okay, then it wasn't for you. That's the right. same way that if anything isn't for you, you walk away. Oh, you're a vegetarian and they sell burgers. You walk away. You don't try to get them to go out of business. Yeah. You go, that burger joint isn't for me. Yeah. So it's just weird with like kind of this cancel culture and people being like, I'm offended. And you're just kind of like, okay, I'm not for you. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Like <laughs> you almost are just like, oh, it's okay. Yeah, I, you don't have to, I'm not, nobody's holding your eyes open yeah. and making you watch my special. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, oh, you know, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's <laughs> okay. But, um, no, it was it was an absolutely amazing special. I highly recommend everybody that's listening go see it. I've also told friends, you have done an awesome job on responding to pretty much every comment on the video too. I don't have a job. <laughs> I'm, I have a lot of free time. Um, yeah, I, I try to do my best in some sense. It's, you know, it's getting harder and harder. Um, I usually pick like a couple days a week and I sit and just anybody that is nice and gracious. Um, if anybody pisses me off, if anybody says anything that makes me uncomfortable, if anybody gives me unsolicited advice that makes me want to stab them through my computer, I don't respond to. Um, you know, I, I have my own rules and I feel like I don't have to explain that to people. But, um, you know, there's honestly, it's usually people that don't like me that don't bo like their hate comments don't bother me as much as somebody that does like me, but they're like, mansplaining or like the amount of people that were like this is this is good but you know you got to keep it up and maybe your punchlines could be longer and i'm like okay okay buddy Jesus let me see your special Jesus Christ! Oh but you just you just God. ignore it You're, it's not worth my time to explain to that person that that's the douchiest thing i have ever read and it is extremely belittling to even tell me how to do my job it's, it's, it's insane. So, and then a lot of it is truly because I don't look my age and people don't know that I've been doing this for 18 years. So like, instead of being defensive or instead of getting triggered or getting into some back and forth, I just, there's so much that I actually ignore on there mm -hmm. or like, I just kind of keep it simple. I just go, Oh, thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I just pretend I didn't read the second half of their comment because it's, you get to a point where you're like, the same, I'm almost treating it the same way I treat a friend that knows, I like, I know they love me and they didn't mean to hurt my feelings because they don't know 
my dad used to say something like that, or that I had a boyfriend that used to make fun of me for that. Like you, it's also, you have to be in a place to like, not everybody's going to know your baggage. People might know more about me because they've seen my comedy, but that doesn't mean they know all of me. So it's also my place to regulate my emotions. And they don't understand why them saying that is incredibly offensive or them saying that is incredibly hurtful. And I don't feel like it's my place to go around telling everybody my business in that sense either. So I just, if you're nice to me, and you don't piss me off, you get a thank you. There if you, you piss go. me off, I'll never talk to you again. I think that's a great format. <laughs> I, I'm just, abs- I think it is too. And I'm still just, I'm a little angered and confused on why people think that they have the right to go in. And like for comedians too, I feel like you guys get a, the brunt of this in a lot of ways through heckling or whatever. Yeah. But just, I'm trying to imagine being in a five star restaurant and being like, would you mind calling the chef over here? I have some pointers. Yeah, yeah. I just want to tell him a little bit about the steak. It was okay. Yeah. You could have cooked it yeah, a little yeah. better next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's. I it's think like- if I was bigger and had more tattoos, I think less people would try to get my attention to tell me what I could do better. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good advice for yourself. Don't you feel? Don't you feel like every chef looks like they just got out of prison? <laughs> <laughs> And nobody's going to fuck with them. Some of them probably have. That's where the, <laughs> yeah. the real recipes are. I think that's what I need. I think I need a stint in prison. I need to like really like beef up and have some stories that scare people. And I think most people won't give me advice. That's pretty good. Yeah. I do that. You could lie too in the comments. Be like, you know, I went yeah, to yeah. prison, right? I yeah, I actually somebody. went to prison for less hurtful comments. <laughs> <laughs> So, and I have a lot of free time. I can look up your address. Um, <laughs> just get like real scary. Oh man. I love, that would be the last bad comment. I think you just, I think so. I think we really time. solved something here. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, it's a self-help podcast. That's what we're here yeah. for. I was, I was going to, how are we on time? Are we, what time is it? Oh man, we've just been ripping and roaring with all this talk. You have been an awesome guest so far. (laughs) I wanted to, unless you have anything else that you'd like to, we have a plug section at the end, but if you have anything to plug, now's the time um, as well. And if you have anything else that you'd like to talk about, we can talk about that too, before we get into the self-help portion. No, I'll plug everything at the end. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Oh, what a, what a gentlewoman. That's very, very nice. I have my moments. (laughs) All right, we're going to get into the self-help portion of the podcast, but before we get into the questions, we like to center ourselves. I don't know why I'm saying we. I like to center myself with a nice self-help quote, an inspirational quote. But before I get into mine, I like to ask my guests if they have any inspirational quotes that help them get them through their dark days or inspire them. I have one literally on my wall that I read over and over again. It's from the the power of now. Um. Eckhart Tolle, you, you know, I, I half listen to him every day. I, cho- I pick and choose how I'm going to listen to Eckhart Tolle, but it's just accept, then act. Accept, then act. I also have, um, I, don't know if you can see, I have the words, it's, I made it into one word, but it says let go. Oh, I like that. Is that a rocket ship? No, it's like, it looks like it's a, it's a bird. Although oh, okay. a rocket ship would be kind of cool. Um, <laughs> So it's, it says let go, but it's like one word. And sometimes because I'm crazy, I'll be ranting to my little sister who got the same tattoo in the same place. So I'll be like, fuck it. And this person and fuck, 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 fuck. And she, I'll just hear her do this. And I go, shut up. And she'll be like, just let it go. Liz. She'll, pat, she'll literally slap her. And when she lived in New York, we would be on the treadmills together working out. And again, I'd just be like ranting about something and she'll just start, I'm like, fuck off. Like, just like so mad at her. Oh, <laughs> so I have it on my arm, but I forget all the time. And even I, you know, I'll talk about it later, but my, my, 
friend that I do the podcast with her favorite thing when we're podcasting is like, I'm like this. And she's like, there's nothing like a blurry let go as you're saying some crazy <laughs> shit that you're mad about. <laughs> that's I told you, I'm a walking contradiction, but yes, accept. And that's a lot of actually how I handle the comments. I accept, I go, this isn't my problem. I, I'm never going to see this person again. And then I make a decision. How am I going to act? You know what? I'm going to ignore it or I'm going to delete it or I'm going to block them, whatever I decide to do. But it's first being like, cause I never like to answer anybody in anger. So mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, is this really important? Do I really need to get back to this person? And I just kind of go there. And then if I'm still angry, then I just ignore it. And then if I want to come back to it, then I make the decision, but accept then act. That's been a very important mantra for me. That's really cool. Do you, now I just thought of something when you're on stage and you have a heckler or somebody that says something really disrespectful, like I, maybe you should go a little longer on the punchline or something like that. Do you, it's, it's gotta be hard in the split second decision to, to accept or no. It depends. It depends on what it, what it, what is, cause there's so many different types of hecklers. I usually try to ignore it. If it's a, if it's ignorable, I try to ignore it because what you really learn both with the internet and on stage is that they just want attention. And if you can, you can kind of almost put out the fire by just like, you know what I mean? Just pretending it's not happening. There you go. So if I cannot engage with them, that would be great. And so I always try to ignore, um, if I can't then, and I'm not saying I'm always good at this, but I, I do try to, I either try to talk to them the way my therapist talks to me, or I try to talk to them the way somebody might talk to a toddler that didn't know what they were doing. And I'm like, what, what's the end goal? What's the end goal? What do you, what do you want? Do you want my attention? Do you, do you want to feel seen? Do you not feel heard? What do you need right now to stop doing what you're doing? Because nobody paid to come see you. Nobody did. Nobody came. Did anybody come? What's your name? Roger? Ro Who came to see Roger? Who paid money to come see Roger? Oh, nobody. Nobody did. Okay. Okay. So Roger, what do you need? What do you need, buddy? Like, so like I've, and like, don't get me wrong. There's some days where I'm like, Roger, I will find your family and murder you. If you do not shut up, please stop. But more and more, if I'm in the right place, which I try to be, I come from a place of, what are we doing? What, what, what's, what are you trying to do right now? By acting that out and looking directly at me, I, I started to sink in my chair a little bit. And I was like, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to podcast with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I asked this question. Um, but I do like, so there's some funny interactions where like, I like, even my friends have been like, I think you would make like a really interesting mom. <laughs> Not a good mom, just a very interesting mom where it's just like, all right, Peter, Peter, Peter. Why'd we shit on the rug? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the emotions we went through. The toilet's there. Remember potty time? I remember potty time. What was, what were you thinking when you decided that you were going to make your own potty? Let's talk about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's sad because my wife has those conversations with me, not about potty time and where I, where I made my potty, but she, she's like, why did you leave the clothes on the uh, on the floor. And I used to get so mad to her. It was just a lack in communication because I thought that it was just this rhetorical question where it's like, you fucked up. I want you to admit you fucked up. But now she was like, I asked that question because she works in quality assurance. And, and so she's diagnosing things. So she's like, where did the, the missing link happen? In what stage 
We own a hamper. <laughs> we own. We bought it together at Bed Bath and Beyond. So we're both aware that there is a hamper, yet your clothes never make it there. So you tell me what happened that we missed the hamper. <laughs> like, I feel like I that's such a woman thing too. <laughs> to be like, okay, let's let's bring in all the facts and see where we miscommunicate. And I'll be honest, like I've clearly I have miscommunications with friends and with my boyfriend and stuff. But like I have friends that we've been friends for like 15, 20, 25 years. Like I've, we've known each other most of our lives and mm-hmm. we'll have miscommunications because texts lead to that and blah, blah, blah. So my friend Maria, who I do this podcast with, she lives in London, but we'll spend like stints of time with each other. Like I was actually touring Europe and she was supposed to open for me. So I was like staying with her for two weeks and then we're going to tour together and then she'll come to New York and stay here for a month. Um, so we'll almost act like a married couple, like siblings, like we have a very close yeah. relationship. But we also know that we love each other. So there's been times where she's texted me or she sat me down and she'll be like, I know you love me and you didn't mean to do this. And I'm like, oh God, what did I do? (laughs) And then we'll kind of try to figure out like where the miscommunication is. She's like, but when you said this, it was shitty. So what were you trying? And I go, oh, that's not what I meant. Like, so like, it's also kind of good where like you start, like you have to almost, and I do this with jokes, you figure out where you both can agree and then you take it from there. Okay, even you could do that even with politics. Okay, we both believe that everybody should be free. Let's mm-hmm. start, basic thing. Everybody seems to believe that. Okay, and then you move to the next step. Where are we, di- is it because you don't like that black people are getting more attention? So that's yeah, why Black Lives yeah. Matter is really upsetting to you. Yeah. Is it because you feel like your freedom is being infringed? Like, where are we? Because we clearly both agree here, but the next thing you know, we're over here. Like we just de- deviated. So I, I think, you know, there's a benefit when there, it comes from a place of love, both in like a fan already liking who I am, or even just an audience, let's say they didn't specifically come to see me, they know that I earned my right to be there. And that also kind of helps, you know, make people see you in a different light. But then when it comes to like husbands and wives, boyfriends and girlfriends, siblings, friends, you know, parent, kids, if there's a level of love there, then you don't have to go as far back to be like, what was the intention? You're so wise. I feel like I'm going to take this snippet and play it twice on the podcast. Yeah, episode yeah, yeah. When let's I say relate. it again. There let's, was, let's repeat the lesson. Yeah, there, was so, there were so many pearls in there. I feel like <laughs> you, you, you can't hold your breath and get them all. You just got to, I'm going to surface <laughs> them so people can get them in too. But no, the, all I got to say is preach. That is just lines of genius. That's beautiful. God. Uh, we should just end right there. We're done. Yeah, we're done. We, fi- we fixed. We fixed everybody. You're welcome. Um, my Venmo, if you want to give me money for this session. <laughs> all right. So after all that wisdom, we're actually going to get an inspirational quote. But this inspirational quote is not from any person. This inspirational okay. quote is from a robot. Oh, so, I love it. Okay. I, I I wasn't. I'm never sure how my guests feel about robots. Some of them hate I love them. Robots. They make love our it. lives easier until they take us over. I feel like they're helping us. Yeah, or, I agree. Yeah. Anyway, this quote, it's from Inspirobot, by the way, which is a robot that is specifically designed to use AI to take some of the wisest words known to man and then just mash them together for a really meaty, motivational quote. Okay. So we're going to try and decipher it. Sometimes they're a little, nah. So yeah. this week's quote, it says, live, simply say yes, in quotes, and bring a stapler to a sword fight. I'll read that without my commentary. Yeah. Live, simply say yes, 
and bring a stapler to a sword fight. So uh, what what came to me at first, live, that don't die. So that one I got pretty clear, don't yeah. die. Then simply say yes. Maybe it's like, okay, there are some things that I might be afraid of. I'm holding back because I just don't, if I say yes, then I could unleash all these bad things that could be happening to me. And so... I, I, I just need to say yes sometimes, not think too much about it, give in to what the world and the universe is, is wanting me to do. Bring a stapler to a sword fight. I haven't quite figured that one out. Um, I already got mine. Don't oh, you already mine. got yours. Okay, so why don't, you, why don't you go? Okay, so this is how I interpret it. Live, which is just like, like have experiences. Don't, don't, I know that's hard during the coronavirus, but have experiences, like connect, be out there. Do those little walks. Go for little walks. Do what you have to do. So live is just have experiences. Um, what was the say yes one again? Simply say yes. Simply say yes, which is like, if you're going to say yes, acknowledge, like you have to fully be into the yes. You know those people that are like short, but they don't, like their heart's not into it. Like if you're going to say yes, then you have to you have to own that yes. Do you mean like those shitty people from the West Coast in Arizona? It's like, oh, I'll hang out with you. Yes. And then they yeah, don't. And then they never show up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then bring a stapler to a sword fight. It's if you're a sword fight is basically two people that are gonna fight each other. How about a stapler brings people together? So be the person that figures out the commonality and connect each other so that you can be two pieces of paper together as opposed to opening up an envelope and splitting things apart with a, with a sword. Oh my God. I would love to see somebody just trying to open an envelope with a a sword. Yeah. 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 I mean, I have so many cuts. You just see my hands. (laughs) I don't have my left arm anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, but you like all my mail is really organized. (laughs) Don't need a shredder either. Just yeah. 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 That's awesome. That's really good. I like that. The stapler brings people together. together. Our issues are just, papers and then if you bring the stapler to the sword fight you're you're we're trying to write a beautiful essay together page one page two i feel like yeah i love this and i feel like you really mesh well with inspirobot i feel like you're a good decoder oh i think i think i would i literally would be like i see you i see you robot i see you i hear you (laughs) (laughs) so sometimes we have fans send these in sometimes um I find them, but if you go to inspirobot.me, you just click and it generates these quotes and you can, I love it. If you ever have an hour of free time, my, my roommate was telling me that there's like, uh, like there's the same thing, but like, it makes memes that are supposed to be like really fun. Like it's like a a joke meme and there's the same kind of thing, except instead of inspiration, it's to make laughter. And my roommate will be like, it's so close to being funny, but I can't figure out why it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Oh, I might have to do a segment with that too. That's awesome. All right. I feel like we're inspired now so we can answer a couple yeah. questions. We're going to get into the first one and this is from Reddit and it's found by our fan, Bella. Thank you, Bella. It says, how do I stop saying sorry all the time? My cousin pointed out that I say sorry a lot. And five minutes after she pointed that out, I threw something at her and it went on the floor. Sorry. I just say it without realizing. So how do I stop apologizing 50 times a day? I feel like I could use help with this one too because I'm a sorry kind of guy. I think my mom just kind of drilled it into me because, well, my mom, what she kind of does, love you, mom, but she'll kind of do things that she knows she's going to have to say sorry for and then she'll say, oh, sorry, but she knew that it was going to happen. So, What's that quote? Ask for forgiveness, not permission. 
That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of people that live that way. Um, I just, I'm, I'm fighting being a people pleaser and I'm fighting uh, somebody that is always, always feels guilty. And I, I think I always worry about hurting people's feelings and people misinterpreting um, my intentions or what I'm trying to do. So I think in a lot of ways, it's just this, um, this belief that people don't like you or care about you or trust you enough to know that, that, that there was an intent behind it. Mm-hmm. And clearly there's the right times to say, sorry, right. There's, there's always going to be like, you don't want to be, you don't want to go the complete other direction where you don't say sorry, but like, um, um, my boyfriend will be like, Hey, did you take the trash out? And I'd be like, Oh, I, I completely forgot. I'm sorry. And he's like, it's fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like that isn't like, it's like almost tacked on in a way that like, that's unnecessary. So Mm. it's just like, you forgot to take the trash out. Ah, okay. I'll do it. I'll do it later. Like you almost like, what would be the sentence between the, the admission and the thing after it and just like take the sorry out. Like, Oh, you need that magical, that, that, that key ingredient of a word to be able to just be like, or like, like there's like, they have these, all these like kind of things that, um, uh, you know, like, you, like you're not supposed to say sorry in a business work thing where you're, Oh, sorry, I'm late. Or sorry. There was a delay. You're supposed to be like, today was crazy. I'm happy. I'm here now. Or like, there's a way to phrase it. So you take it out and it's, you're more in the present. So I think that the same thing could be said where like, if it has nothing to do with you bumping into something or it's not a big deal, but it like, whoopsie. Whoops. No, you don't want to say, you don't want to say anything that resembles. Sorry. You don't want to show. I like only you would be like, oops, a daisy. <laughs> oh, gee golly. Oops. Oh, fiddle sticks or <laughs> fiddle sticks. I didn't, this is crazy. Um, no, but I think there's something about framing it in the present. I don't know exactly what the right example is. But like, as long as you're not like hurting anybody, I I get what you're saying though. It's like you have, Oh, I haven't taken the trash out. No, I haven't yet, but I will be happy to right now. Yeah. yeah, Something that it it takes the blame off of you, but it instills an action of, Oh, I will do this. Yeah. Which is funny because I, I feel like, um, I talk to customer service a lot and I feel mm -hmm. like they're never allowed to say sorry. So it always comes off weirdly passive aggressive where they're just like, that is unfortunate news. Um, you know what I mean? Like they sound like, like literally like asshole robots. Um, that's an unfortunate uh, thing that has happened and we shall see if we can do something differently. And you're like, cool. All right. I understand that you're frustrated. Yes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Do you understand Kathy? Do you understand my frustration? I don't think you do. Otherwise I wouldn't be calling here. I'm empathetic to your needs right now. Cool. Cool way of making that seven words. (laughs) Uh, so I I like the making it in the here and now though. That was a good one. Like also, um, my friend, Chad Daniels, um, he has a great special on Amazon and I think it's on YouTube as well. He's really, really funny. Um, he actually had a very, he was making fun of like his daughter saying sorry too much. And he goes, it takes away from it when you actually mean it. So that's also something to kind of motivate you, which is like, if you say sorry, because you dropped your friend's pen, then it's going to have less meaning when you. I don't know, hit their car with your car. <laughs> like, you know, like you, you almost want to save your sorries up for something that's meaningful because if you're using it all the time, how do they know that it's a real sorry? That's true. It's like a sorry flask. And every time you say it, just a little bit of the juice pops out. And Yeah. And then you, it's time to say sorry and there's nothing in there. There's and nothing. nobody believes you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just wind coming out of the flask. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, just fuck you. Sorry dust. So, sorry dust. 
<laughs> oh, it's got a strange smell to it, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. It's like an it's old, old attic. Just Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, Dust. Um, but no, that's true. And I, I do say sorry too much. I've been trying to make it a point not to say sorry. So um, I was trying with my wife to go over aggressive to just be like, no, you know, fuck you. And that didn't yeah, work yeah, out yeah. very well at yeah, all. Yeah. So now, now I just try and hold it back. She sees it too. Cause I want to say it. So I'm like, sweetie, love you. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> but it is hard. I think I wonder if, cause now it's a habit. It's gotta be a habit for this person. So to get out of that habit, maybe you should, I, I really like, just in general, your sister slapping the wrist for let it go. So maybe yeah. get a tattoo that says not sorry and then slap yeah. that. Yeah, so yeah, then yeah, yeah. You remind yourself. It's a gentle Yeah, no, reminder. I think it's I think tattoos solve a lot of problems. I've always felt that way. I only have two, but I, I stand by that. Yeah. What's your other one, by the way, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I have the word courage across the, my upper back. I got it when I was eighteen and I, I needed I needed some form of it. Nice. I'm well, I'm 32 years old. I'm thinking of getting a tattoo, but I can't I just can't commit. Maybe I'll just have sorry on my chest. And then I think uh, it would be hilarious. I don't even have to say it anymore. I just... think you should I think you should have it the same way like like um Tupac had thug life. I think it should be like sorry life. <laughs> <laughs> or it just says my apologies. <laughs> like something like like really big and like like aggressive font and it just says my apologies across your abdomen whoopsie just whoopsie yeah, yeah, daisy yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoopsie. so like you get in a car accident and you're like whoopsie <laughs> i think you're welcome for the inspiration yeah they're like oh my okay yeah no 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 oh oh it, this it guy, was both this of our guy's faults. crazy <laughs> yeah it's really weird you have a lot of people let you cut in line yeah, with oh, a yeah. tattoo like that oh yeah yeah Sorry, whoopsie. I like that. Yeah. Ah, Another great idea by Liz Mealy. I love it. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. So I think we answered that one. We're going to go on to our last question. This is from Reddit, also found by our fan Sam. Thank you, Sam. Does this sound like a good engraving for my boyfriend's compass? I want to give my boyfriend a compass for our anniversary. He likes to go on hikes and week long camping trips. I found one that I think he will like, and I wanted to get it engraved. I was thinking of putting always find your way back to me but i don't know if that sounds weird or cheesy help thanks always find your way back to me mm. uh, for some reason i don't like it and i feel bad <laughs> it's like an ai robot generating this quote no it needs something yeah. a little <sighs> always find your way back to me because the compass won't unless you're always north or south of him North. Yeah, it does feel like she doesn't understand a compass, which I get it. I barely <laughs> understand them either. I'm no judges. Um, I, I just, oh uh, man, what would you put on a compass? Um, um, don't. I hope this works. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to change the batteries. I'd put. Yeah, that. I, I think that's what it should be. Like, I hope this works. Don't forget the batteries. Just remember, I bought this for you, and I'm your favorite. Like something really aggressive. Like I, that's really where I would go. I'm Who literally bought you a compass. If yeah. you get lost, it's your fault. Yeah. Um, oh, I like that. I like that. I'm saving your life by keeping you not lost. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like um, that. Tell Siri to call nine one one. You're technically your phone has a compass. I just wanted to buy this for you. There's so many options now that I think about it. <laughs> 
That is true. Your our phones do have compasses. Is that the yeah. plural? Kumpai? Kumpais. Kumpais. Kumpus. 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 We all have kumpus. So um, I think that's good though, because the it, it's too romantic, cheesy, and then di- directional wise, it doesn't make it's not accurate. So your boyfriend's gonna be like, "Babe, you don't know how babe. a compass works." Yeah, I, 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 and it's, it's I'm gonna actually have to break up with you because you don't understand how compasses work, and it's clearly a really big part of my life. <laughs> right now, the compass is leading me away from you. So I'm yeah, yeah, to... yeah, yeah. You're the north to my south. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder if there's like a Kanye joke. Didn't they name like one of his like kids Northwest? Yes. Yes, they did. They did. Um, like, I feel like there's like a, you're the Northwest to my Southeast. I don't know. Like, again, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I have to say when you don't like fact check or care about facts, you can really just say whatever you want. That's true. <laughs> we're, it's really we're, helpful. We're going in the same direction. You get me directionally. Um, yeah. We have the same cardinal principles. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow you got like, like almost like a preacher. You're just like, you're like the morals of your girlfriend to your boyfriend have you. And then the principles lead you to God. And you're like, okay. Um, Biblically speaking. um, Yeah. This is a a Catholic podcast here. So. Oh, (laughs) I like the idea of, uh, to me, if somebody handed me a compass, I feel like it would be like, We'll never know if this is actually broken. (laughs) (laughs) Just you know what? Just put whoopsie on the back, and then they won't know if it works or not. Oh, I think that works. I'm sorry, and they have no idea why you're sorry, and then you just hand it to them, and they're like, "Did she cheat on me? Is she is she telling me I have cancer? Why is she sorry? What is happening? (laughs) Is this really pointing north? What's going on? I think that would be the best mind fuck slash. Yeah, I'm sorry. I love it. And then if it backfires, you'd be like, oh, sorry, I got it cheaper. It was already engraved by clearly <laughs> girlfriend. I, I got it on eBay. Yeah, yeah it, it was already cheaper. came like that. It was cheaper if you got this real weird, <laughs> aggressive, passive-aggressive message. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm sorry is probably the perfect thing you can put on there. That's amazing. All right, well. They're like lost in the woods dying, and they're like, oh, I am sorry I did this to us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how I don't, I don't think camping ever ends friendly. It I'm doesn't. so anti-camping. So like, I feel like I'm the wrong person to ask where I'm just like, sure, if you want to die alone in the woods, here's a campus. I mean, a compass. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, either one. Yeah. And it's always it's like camping. I haven't really gone camping in years either. So it's like, I think I got a- it. Oh, go ahead. Ah, there's a bear behind you. <laughs> Don't look back. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then it's like a bear emoji. Oh, that's amazing. I like that. All of these are great suggestions. So yeah. whoever you are on Reddit, um, you're welcome. Yeah. And we're sorry, not sorry. Yeah. That So that's the last question. We've reached the end of the podcast. Liz, thank you so much. You were an amazing guest. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was great having you. And I just wanted to ask, where can people find you? What have you got going on? Plug it all. Um, everything is at Liz Mealy. Um, my special is free on YouTube. It's called self help me. And then I actually released my first hour, which was an album. I put the video online and that's called emotionally exhausting. So I have three hours total and two of them are free on YouTube. And then, um, me and my friend Maria, uh, have a podcast called two non doctors. Um, I don't want to say we give 
bad or wrong medical advice. We just really talk out our issues. And at the end of every episode, we're like, we're morons. Don't listen to us. Like, please don't (laughs) like, we're truly morons. But like, we just talk about things that either aren't getting enough buzz or we talk about our perspective with them. So like Maria has misophonia, which uh, translates to um, the hatred of sound, but really certain sounds throw her into like a rage. So like gum chewing, uh, toe tapping, pen clicking. Um, she just, she's been like this. I've known her for 15 years. She's always been weird about this. And then I found an article like six years ago. And I was like, I think you have this thing called misophonia. And I thought she was going to be mad, but she was like, this is it. And like, it made, it made her feel seen and understand what was going. It's like, um, like a, it's like a neurological disorder and it just made her feel less crazy. And so she does stand up as well. And so she started talking about our misophonia on stage and the way she said it to me before we even did this podcast is she's like, I want people to know about it so that like, like the same way people understand OCD on a basic level or ADD or depression or bipolar, like, yeah, people don't know the in and outs of it, but enough to know that it's an issue. And even though you can't see it, it affects people and it's hard for people. She's like, I want people to know what misophonia is. So I feel less like a freak and people don't think I'm crazy. And, and it was our first one um, for our thing. And like, it blew up. Like people are like, I, I've been trying to explain to my husband for years. And this is, you guys broke it down in a way that I could just send this podcast to my husband or, Oh my God, I think I have this. I always thought I was crazy. So we've talked about everything from like my dyslexia. Uh, she has psoriasis. I have eczema. Uh, Mm -hmm. We talked about addiction, like my attraction to people that are addicted, my little baby addictions that I have, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we kind of like, we talk about some stuff that we understand, like like my side of misophonia was as a friend of 15 years that no longer is allowed to chew gum um, because she goes crazy um, (laughs) to the point where like, we don't live in the same country and I still don't chew gum because I'm just out of the habit because I, I, like she tells a story on it where she goes to a party and it's like seven people. And the girl goes, does anybody want gum? And she holds out a pack and she grabs it and she goes, no, no, you can get this when I leave. Like, like a crazy <laughs> person. And, and like, and like everybody's like, what? And then she has to like explain what it is. But like, I've like, we even talk about it on the podcast. Like I've been on the train, somebody's chewing gum. I now notice it, but before I used to not notice it. So I'd sit on the train with her and she's like, we have to go. And she'd be like crazy. Like she ran into an ex-boyfriend, like, just like, we have to go. And I'll be like, okay. And so we'll leave and we'll go to a different train car. And she's like, the guy was chewing like an animal. And I'm like, dude, could, like, I didn't even see it or notice it. Like, how is it? Like you have supersonic, like Marvel, like superpowers. Um, <laughs> so just like giving, like, it comes from an experience level. It comes from, and we do a lot of, we talk, we talk about stuff we've Googled that week. We talk about personal stuff and like, it's been really fun. And I've been really shocked in how people connect to it. So yeah. it's been like, it's been my, since I can't do stand up, it's been what we've been doing weekly. That, um, and then I wrote really a book cool. about cats that'll come out next year. Oh, that's awesome. I, I just wanted to skip back to the podcast real quick. Oh, yeah. and We'll talk about cats. because yeah. I, I love talking about cats too, but I just saw the cats, the movie too. Delightful. But yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, for the, the podcast too, I listened to a couple episodes. Great, great stuff. I also, um, for the Googling and, and learning about sleep, I learned yeah. that people are sleeping more, having more vivid dreams, dreams now with coronavirus yeah. um, and finding out what dreams mean. I also connect with the, I know in your standup, you talked about your brother with bipolar and people understanding just different types of things like that. My brother, I come from a family of five. And Me too. What number I, are you? I, I'm one. <laughs> 
Number one. I'm number two. See, that's why we get each other. We're there older we siblings. Yeah, yeah. And my my second brother, he has Asperger's. My okay. my youngest sister, she has autism. And so okay. for the longest time when we were growing up, no one really knew what my brother had. And so there was problems with diagnosing it. And there was one point a doctor thought he had schizophrenia and yeah. bipolar disorder, and he was giving him medicine like antipsychotics. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was without getting in too deep. It was I'm horrible, I'm sure. A nightmare. Yeah. So, it, it's really cool that you guys are doing that where and uh, the disclaimer of, you know, we're not doctors whatever, but you guys are giving information that is people can find, but you guys are giving it to them in a nice digestible way and um from experience I too, I think. It, and it I think works. it's about just talking like if anything I feel like every episode kind of takes away the the stigmatism of everything like as somebody that did have eczema most of their life and I still struggle with it a little bit but like hey I've had eczema my whole life I always was like very itchy and uncomfortable I tried all these different topical things and then because of these other things my stomach problems and going off gluten and yeast my eczema went away and I discovered this thing like I feel like we're both like Maria is a all right let's figure this out kind of person Mm -hmm. and I'm a I'm going to use my body as an experiment kind of person (laughs) And we've kind of come together. And like I said, I'm not saying we're right or whatever, but like letting people know that everybody's gone through this where you feel like your body is against you and you yeah. feel like, um, yeah. oh, I'm weird because of X, Y, and Z reasons, or this thing just might be because I'm a weirdo and really it's this underlining issue. Or even just the fact that I don't want to say you can't trust doctors, but some of the most, the biggest growth in my health is because a doctor gave me advice that wasn't helping. And I decided to go on my own and do research and talk to other people. And, and it become a community that heals me as opposed to this one doctor that talked to me for 15 minutes and knows nothing else about me. Yeah. And if you think what I, my opinion, I feel like comedians, especially ones that are as talented as you guys and as experienced as you guys, I mean, your whole job is to really look at moments like going back to the, when you were waiting in line at CVS, it was a 30 second interaction, but you stretched out into three minutes with exploration, revisiting, reminiscing, all that type of stuff. And, and so I feel like there's a lot of skepticism that comes into different things like medical diagnoses or what's going on with you experimenting, blah, blah, blah. You guys like to explore these things. And so I feel like comedians are are very intelligent and very good critical thinkers because they're forced to find funny in things so i think that that habit can be introduced into other things like and also making it like so i have a really close friend that has really bad psoriasis she actually has her own podcast about chronic illness and she does a lot of work with chronic illness mm-hmm. and she's somebody that like i think she's incredible i think she's very brave and i think she's been amazing and she's been on every like experimental drug you can think of but uh, her name is Nitika Chopra. She's amazing. But Nitika, like what was so important about our friendship and we're very different people is that we could joke about it. We've joked, like we've cried about our bodies, but we've also joked about our bodies. And I think that's the nice thing that I do with Maria, which is like, I've cried about my brain. I've cried about my stomach. I've cried about my skin. You know, I've, I've been in a painful, I hate everything place, but we've also joked about it. And we've also, and we can make, we are in a very, our personalities are in a place where we're like, we research, we make fun yeah. of each other and we, we, we were honest about it. Like, yeah. I think that a lot of people never even talk to their close friends sometimes about this stuff. So sometimes yes. having somebody in your ear 
that makes you feel safe and makes you feel like you can admit like, oh yeah, every time I do eat gluten, I feel like shit. Maybe I do have some kind of gluten intolerance or celiac or whatever. Yeah. So, but what I found really interesting, we did one on therapy and like Maria, me and Maria fight all the time. Like, like I said, we're like siblings and, but like we care about each other. So we always reach, but like we did one on therapy. She's like, I've seen like three or four therapists and I I've never found one that really fits me and they don't really help. And I'm like, I I'm a shadow of the person I am because of therapy. Like I'm, I feel like I've grown so much and it was so hard to find the right therapist, but it was so important to persevere. And we had a a fan write in that was basically like, you, you said it so succinctly where I said, the hardest thing about finding a therapist is by the time you go to look for one, you're usually at your lowest, most vulnerable point. And then you have to go find somebody that's going to take care of you and that you connect. It's like trying to find a boyfriend after a car crash. Like, you know what I mean? This is not the time to be yeah. asking if they want to have kids or not. Like, you know, like it just feels like it's you're at your lowest point and you have to find your most important relationship and you have to, you have to interview for this position and you're not in the right headspace and you feel the worst you've ever felt. Um, it's really, really, really hard. And I want to in the future kind of maybe even talk about some of the stuff fans have asked, which is like, how do you find the right therapist mm-hmm. and kind of go through some of the things I and other people I know have gone through, but even just hearing how people are taking in our podcast has been real rewarding to us. And it feels like it's, it's been rewarding to them. So I'm grateful that my little part of being grateful for being stuck inside is I don't, I don't know if I would have done this podcast otherwise. That's amazing. And are you going to continue it after you? Yeah. Yeah. What what sucks a little bit is Maria, um, you know, Maria lives in London, which she loves it there, but like it it will forever be doing it via zoom and, and, and like, yeah. So it's, um, yeah, I hope to continue doing it and it's, it's, it's changed my life. Um, that's awesome. That's really yeah. cool. And it's from the episodes that I've listened to, it's an awesome podcast, very informative, a, a lot of dialogue that I think is is really encouraging for people to open up and, and think about these different things that have been going on, whether it applies to them, loved ones, whatever. So it's it's really good. Yeah. Now cats. So you have a book about cats that's coming out. I know in your special, you said that you, you had a cat. I think it's with your mother now, but yeah. Um, is is and your mother's a cat specialist is that what yeah. inspired it or how did that come about um uh honestly i have so many cat jokes in my three hours that um some like a publisher was looking for somebody to write about why cats are assholes they would basically wanted to write why cats are assholes but from a loving perspective and that's pretty much what my jokes about cats are like i love them with my whole heart but they're the worst um so uh, somebody found uh, this publisher um, or editor found a bunch of my jokes, asked me if I wanted to write this book. And I was like, I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you. So, um, yeah, I ended up writing it before the pandemic. So I finished it around February. And now we're just like doing there's a couple of illustrations that will be in it. Uh-huh. And it'll hopefully be out in February 2021. But uh, that's, that's my little baby project. That's awesome. Does it have a name yet? Did you say? Yeah. Or- why cats are assholes. Oh, why? Oh, why cats? Got it. Got it. Yeah. That's my aggressive language follows me. (laughs) That's awesome. That's going to be a hit. I can't wait to read it. Well, all this stuff is going to be in the show notes. Is there a link to pre-order? I'm guessing not if it's not yet. February. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Liz, thank you so much. This was an awesome time. All right. Well, thank you, Liz. Thank you, everybody. We will talk at you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.